0: All right. God bless you. Welcome into this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study. We're ready to finish up our second in our two-part series here on the seven trumps and the seven seals. We're going to be getting into the trumps today. But before we get into chapter 8, verse 7, that's where we'll pick it up with the first trump, I want to take you back to chapter 7, verse 1 of this same book. You see, there's an event that happened that we all need to be aware of before the trumps came to pass we'll ask for that word of clarity and understanding from our Father. Chapter 7, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Verse 2. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he, carried with the, or he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Verse 3. Now this is important saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now this sealing is what we just read of in the last study with the seal of God, those important things that we need to know and understand so that we're not deceived when Satan, as Antichrist, shows back up and starts to deceive the world. And as you'll see as we work through this, that deception is going on today. So now we'll go back to chapter 8 of Revelation, verse 7. Now we'll pick it up with the trumps. And the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. Now this green and the green grass, it is pale, is what it should have been translated. And what this is saying, we'll see a bunch of third parts in this. And it kind of, it it should snap your mind to Revelation chapter 12 along about verse four or five where Satan has rebelled against God and he's cast down. That great dragon was cast down and his tail took a third of the stars with him. Now that was those, that third of angels that followed Satan. And so this is getting into the deception and not only is it deceiving or it's so unnatural uh, of a worship that folks are worshiping this Antichrist but even the earth is is groaning at this it's not even even the earth can't go along with it verse 8 and the second angel sounded and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea and the third part of the sea became blood and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died and the third part of the ships were destroyed Now, the the ships, they represent commerce. So you got a little bit of economic unsurity here. Verse 10, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of this star was called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, this wormwood, this you can go back to Amos chapter 5. I'll probably pick it up about verse 4, and it says, and it's God speaking to the northern tribes at the time, the ten northern tribes at northern kingdom. And he's saying, you were searching out Bethel and Gilgal and Beersheba, but you didn't search me out. Now, the important thing about those cities is that they were the capital's in the northern kingdom for idol worship so everybody was wanting to go worship idols but they weren't wanting to come to god and he said that he would turn them into wormwood into bitterness and their judgment would not be right anymore and that it would be basically if you look around the world today that right would be wrong and wrong would be right and that's what this is alluding to right here is that that bitterness and that that just lawlessness is being released and you can definitely see that in the world today Uh, chapter 8 verse 12 and the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars so as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise now you remember in the seals we had that seal that the sun was darkened and the moon was turned to blood, and, then the th- and the stars fell like untimely figs. You have this same simulation right here. Now, but the difference is these are in chronological order, so it's telling you how and, and what order it's going to happen. So this fourth angel sounded, and this is the beginning of this simulation of Antichrist appearing on the scene, and, and he's getting ready to, to come in and take over. Verse 13, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven. Now that word angel, I I just, I can't let that stand. In uh, the original older manuscripts and texts, this word in the Greek is "aitos," and it means an eagle. It wasn't an angel flying, but it was this mighty eagle flying through the midst of heaven. Saying with a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe!" to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels, which are yet to sound. Well, that is a, a very, uh, I guess, strict warning, because these next three trumps are the woe trumps, and this is where things really get they really get moving here. All right, chapter nine, verse one. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now we all know who it is symbolically in the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now here we go. This is copying Matthew twenty four twenty nine. This is his, this is, Satan's way of copying this approach and also if you look at it in uh, in the way of I guess man at this point as far as God's concerned their minds are a bit dim too they they're not shining as bright they their old wattage and their bulb just ain't coming all the way through because they're starting to fall for the lies that have been passed through the wormwood and the bitterness before uh, verse three and there came out of the smoke locust upon the earth, and unto them was given the power as the scorpions of the earth have. Now what is this power that scorpions have? They have they, they have a stinger in their tail and they'll sting you. But the thing about it, whenever a locust I mean, whenever a scorpion gets on something, say it gets a wasp or something that that it hunts insects with exoskeletons, and what 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 it'll do is latch on to them. And a scorpion don't have a stomach, so what it'll do is inject its digestive fluids into this insect, and it'll cause that insect to be digested from within itself, so it withers it away and corrupts it, and then once it's good and, and liquefied or whatever you want to call it, digested, then the scorpion will come back and pull the juices out of it. So what it does is corrupt this other insect from within, and then he fully takes over and and ingests everything he can from that insect. Verse 4, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. We just covered this. Everything was kind of put on hold to seal God's servants. So these without the seal of God in their foreheads, they're being corrupted, if you will, by this false doctrine. Now we can tell right here that these are not true locusts because they're not to eat the grass or any green thing. And a locust is a grasshopper. That's what they do is eat green stuff. Verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment... Was of the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man? All right, so in our last lecture, we're going back and forth between this and Matthew 24. And towards the end of Matthew 24, we saw, I'll flip back there right quick, excuse me, that the days were shortened. Now, what were they shortened to? And it was... Well, I'll just do it, I'll I'll pick it up in Mark. Mark chapter 13, verse 20, since I'm already on there. Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 20, and it said, And except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake whom he had chosen, he hath shortened the days. Now, this five months becomes very important because Christ also would say, That just as it were in the days of Noah, so it shall be before the coming of the Son of Man. The days of Noah, you see the mark of 150 days all over it. The rain, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and then there was 150 days here and there. And 150 days when divided out is five months. So Christ was given that example so that we should know that that this time has been shortened to five months. Verse 6, And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. This is physical. They're going to want to die because they're being tormented by this false doctrine. And some of them will want to come out of it. But they're not necessarily come out of it, but they'll want to uh, just, it's going to be terrible. Uh, Verse 7, and the shapes of the locusts were like unto the horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were the faces of men. Now there we have what they truly are. These are men. These are Satan's little minions that are going through the uh, world, and they're giving out this false doctrine. There are this, as Christ would say, there will be many coming in my name. Well, this is that many, and their hair. Or And they had the hair as the hair of women. Just so sweet and beautiful. And their teeth was as the teeth of lions. Now, a lion, whenever it attacks something, will just rip it all to pieces. It don't take any, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a pretty thing. It's not just the most beautiful kill. It is a ripping and a tearing apart. So what this is saying is that they'll be sweet and... And nice and beautiful and they just talk real sweet to you, but the whole time they're talking sweet, this deception is going and it's just ripping your spirit up because it can cause that deception to follow Antichrist. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many running horses into the battle. There are a lot of them. Now this breastplates of iron, we're supposed to have breastplate the in Ephesians chapter six, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. I believe if I've got my if I've got my my stuff right in my head, let me turn back here and look right quick. Let me make sure I'm right on that, because I darn sure don't want to be wrong on something. And having the breastplate of righteousness, that's right. Okay, Ephesians chapter six, verse fourteen. Now these have a materialistic breastplate, meaning of the world, not of God, but of the world. And so that is right there already false because we shouldn't be dependent on the worldly things. We should be dependent on our Father. All right, verse 10. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue was Ababdon, But in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, both of these in the original languages means the destroyer or destruction. And we all know who the destroyer is. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, is this the first time that this army has been mentioned? It's not. If you go back to Joel, the book of Joel in the Minor Prophets, and chapter 2, We're going to pick it up and see what Joel has to say about this. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 2. And a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There have not ever been the like, neither have there been any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Now that thick darkness and a day of clouds sounds a whole lot like whenever those locusts were brought out of that bottomless pit where they were released. Uh, released. Uh, verse 3. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. They are so good. Now, this fire would be as... It's not like a, a, a killing fire or devastating fire. It is basically a spiritual fire as far as everybody's catching the spirit but it's the wrong one everybody's catching on fire for antichrist instead of staying on fire for god and that's why it can be like the garden of eden before them, because these folks have been in church their whole life many of them and have been fruitful for christ and for god and then whenever this army comes through with this deception and they've not read the seals, and the trumps, and have not understand, uh, understood the chronological order of events that are to come, at that point is when the apostasy takes place, and they believe that this Antichrist has shown up, and then they're no longer pure as the Garden of Eden, but then they are like a desolate wilderness, because at that point they completely give up all their fruit that they've been producing for God, and start producing for Antichrist. Verse 4. And the appearance of them is the, is the appearance of horses, and as horsemen so shall they run. Now these are war horses. Like the noise of chariots on top of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Now these folks are going out, they're taking this by force. You know, God is, is gentle. He's, he's, as John the Baptist was uh, was described, as a voice in the wilderness and just a just a gentle voice and God many times is described as this gentle breeze now these folks are out here taking it by force verse 6 but their face or before their face the people shall be much pained all faces shall gather blackness now this is paleness meaning that this strike has happened that scorpion has symbolically has begun to corrupt them inside and so that spiritual death is apparent because as with death, you become pale. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march everyone in his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. They're very organized. They know what's going on. They know the plan of the day, and they're very organized. If you look at the church today, the body of Christ, it is It's not very organized. There are many denominations, and there are many just people argue about the dumbest things. Now, this group is organized, which should kind of be a call to arms to the Christians that we need to be organized and get on the same page, and that page is the Word of God. It's not this man or any other man's this doctrine or that doctrine. It's the Bible. Verse 8, Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path, And when they shall fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They're not going to stop due to the strong delusion that's going on. They're going to just continue going right on along because that's their duty. That's their job. They're serving their, what they're calling their God, which is the destroyer. Verse 9, they shall run to and fro in the city, and they shall run upon the wall. They They shall climb up upon the houses, and they shall enter in at the windows like a thief. Now, this is interesting right here. You might think, well, I wouldn't let somebody in my house. Well, if you look, most people have one on the wall. It's a television, and it looks just like a window. And it's a window to the the world that allows all kind of stuff in your house. And when this deception is happening, as it's happening today, it's very easy to let one of these into your house. Verse 10, the earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter His voice before His army, and His camp for His camp is very great, for He is strong that executed His word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? So what's going to happen here is they're going to play their games, they're going to be out here doing their thing, and they're going to be deceiving folks, and then God's going to have enough of it. And whenever the time is right, he's gonna come back, and it's gonna be rough on all those who are deceived and all those who have done the deception. All right, back into Revelation verse nine, I mean chapter nine, excuse me, and we're gonna pick it up in verse twelve. One woe has passed, and behold, there comes two woes more after. And the sixth angel sounded. Now, this is important to catch this sixth, just as the last one. Was the appearance of Christ. Here comes this sixth angel, which is also, excuse me, Antichrist, which is also the appearance of Antichrist in the trumps. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is set before God. 14. Saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Now, this Euphrates means confusion. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Now this means for an exact moment, for this fixed time that God had set them, had prepared them to be set loose. This, to slay a third part of men means spiritually. This confusion is fixing to be let loose and a third part of folks are going to fall for Satan's lies, just as... In uh, in in Revelation twelve, those third star, the, that that third part of stars that we talked about earlier, verse sixteen, and the number of the army of horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. This goes back to that that locust army, those horsemen that are going to and fro in the earth, and they're deceiving everybody. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and adjacent. and and brimstone and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone that sounds real scary you know this huge thing that's got a lion's head and it's breathing fire on everybody i mean you can get a pretty rough picture out of that but let's think about out of out of their mouths now we're already talking about confusion and deception so if you out of your mouth comes fire and smoke and brimstone what are they doing they're blowing smoke. They're out here just, just, that's it. They're just deceiving. They're just telling lies, and and you could call it smoke and mirrors. They're doing this deception. It's kind of this great illusion that Christ has returned, but it's actually Antichrist. And so at this point, whenever this sixth trumpet sounded, that's when Antichrist is here. And they are going around, and, and this army is pulling folks to him, saying, "This is Christ. This is Christ," and they're doing nothing but blowing smoke. They can't. It, he can't get it done, because the true Christ is yet to come. Verse eighteen: By these was the third part of men killed spiritually, slain, as in with the, the scorpion that latched on and just just polluted them from inside, by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. Like I said, the lies and and also the miracles which are performed. Uh, in the sight of men. Verse 19, for the power is in their mouth and in their tails. Well, if your power is in your mouth, then that means you're a pretty good speaker. And we probably all know a, a good salesman that could sell anything. They'd sell ice to Eskimos because they're that good. And that's what this is referring to. For the tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them, they do hurt. Now, this is false teachers is what that's talking about. All these false teachers, they, they look so shiny and they're so good and they just slither right around and they'll strike you when you ain't looking and next thing you know, you got that poison running through your veins of that deception. Verse 20. And the rest of them which were not killed by these plagues yet repented, not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone, and of wood, which neither can see, nor uh, nor hear, nor walk. So this third part is gone right then, but then this, the rest of men which were not killed, that's not talking about those who had the seal of God in their forehead. Because those with the seal of God are doing God's work during this time. They're not doing the the works of their hands and worshiping devils and idols of gold. They're not doing that. They're doing God's work. So these are all those who are still on the fence. They don't know if they're going to worship Satan, but they're not worshiping God. They still have their own little things that they're worshiping out here. 21, neither repented they for their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So this murder is the misleadings. And the spiritual fornication, these fornications are not following God. This is fornicating with a spiritual or a religious idolatrous is what this is talking about. And verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow. Now, this is the true Shekinah glory was upon his head, and his face was as the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, that lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Now, why would that be? You know, thunder comes after lightning. So if you're, li- if you're waiting for the thunders, then you've already missed where the lightning hit. And so that is, is kind of one of those one day, too late things. Verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hands to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created the heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things that therein are, that there should be time no longer. Now this is it. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, and he hath declared to his servants the prophets. Now this begin to sound, he's not quite sounded, but he's about to sound. And at that point, everybody will know. This is the millennium. At the seventh trump, the millennium starts. And when Christ comes back, everybody will look and immediately know, oh, man, we've been deceived. Or, oh, man, this is great. We've done good. We've fought to the end. We've made it. We've overcome. This is great. And that's what we look for is to fight to the end. Be, a, be warriors for God, and stand against this locust army of deception, of false teachers, of manipulation, and just perversion of God's Word. That's what we're here to do, and that's what we need to do. It's kindling that fire. As Christ would say in the book of Luke, I believe, He said, I come not to bring peace, but to bring fire upon the earth. And what would I do if it's already kindled? Well, that's what we need to do is help kindle that fire. That way when he gets back, he ain't got to get it started. All he's got to do is fan it. Well, I hope you all have enjoyed the, this two-part study. I hope it brought some uh, clarity to this. And, and you know Maybe it made you feel a little better. Maybe you see that it's not all gloom and doom and nuclear holocaust and, and guillotines and big battles, but it's a spiritual thing. It's a battle for your mind, for your soul not a battle for of flesh, of, of goriness and all that other stuff, but it is truly one of minds and, and spirits. So I appreciate everybody joining in. Uh, if you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them. You can email them to uh, cody at humansundergrace.com or you can send them to our P.O. Box at humansundergrace.com Box, 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691. Thank you all. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, you can go to our website at www.humansundergrace.com and under the Contact Us page submit your question. Also, you can write to us at humansundergrace. PO Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691. Thank you, and God bless you.